Welcome to another podcast by InsideCarolina.com, the independent voice of UNC sports. Your home for Tar Heel football, basketball, and recruiting. Welcome to the Inside Carolina podcast. John Siegler here with Don Callahan for our UNC football recruiting pod. Don, first off, man, how are you doing? Good, good. You know, um, like a lot of other people, watched the uh, Super Bowl uh, last night. Um, we had a little party here with some of the neighbors and um, enjoyed a very exciting Super Bowl. What about you? I ended up just watching it at home, but I was definitely not going to miss this one, mostly because of Matt Collins being on the Eagles. So I wanted to give a special shout out to him for being a part of that team to win the Super Bowl. And, you know, it was a good game, very back and forth. I think you saw, Buck has written about this on a couple of his columns, you know, you saw a lot of kind of ideas regarding offenses that have been used in college for years now. You're really starting to see NFL coaches um, apply some of those. You know, the Philadelphia Eagles coach, Doug Peterson, he went forward on fourth down a lot. I mean, the play that Nick Foles was on the receiving end of a touchdown, that was straight out of his high school playbook. And I think Oklahoma's ran that play I think they've ran it in their bowl game this year so I thought it was it was interesting just from a spectator perspective to see how NFL offenses are taking ideas from college and applying them even at the pro level yeah no absolutely I I, I agree with you and I think this trend has been going on for a while and I think for a long time people who follow the NFL and those who who uh, work in the NFL were kind of in denial by how much from the lower levels of football have, have uh, kind of trickled into uh, the pro level. So, but I mean, you know, really, you know, I just try to kind of, you know, the Super Bowl, I just kind of try to sit back and relax and, and hope for a, an exciting game, especially with, it's such a long telecast, you know, cause it's not just the game. Cause there's, you know, you have a longer halftime show, you have a longer pregame show and all that sort of stuff. And then, you know, and I know everybody complains about it every year. I do really wish there was something as far as, you know, maybe having Monday be some sort of national holiday or moving the Super Bowl to a to a day where it's not on a Sunday night because it is just so rough because a lot of the people that were at my house end up leaving because, you know, they have work the next day and you know, they have little ones and everything like that. It's just such a rough time, especially starting at six and it doesn't really even start at six. So, but I'm, I'm sure people want to hear us talk more about what's going on with recruiting, especially since we're kind of hitting our... Uh, our Christmas Day, or our second Christmas Day in a few days. So uh, do you want to get into all that? Yeah, let's get straight into it then. I mean, as you alluded to, it's still called the National Signing Day, but I think you can kind of almost call it the secondary National Signing Day after so many kids elected to pick their schools back in December. But yeah, that's coming up on Wednesday of this week. And just for, for the listeners, we are recording this on Monday afternoon. The podcast will air on Tuesday. So, you know, if, if anything changes between now and National Signing Day, that's just due to you know, just timing wise. But as we stand right now, National Signing Day is a little bit over a day and a half away. And this is a kind of a rare year, I feel, Don, where Carolina fans actually have several big time names to look forward to. So let's get into it. Who are these players that the UNC coaching staff are waiting to see? where they elect to go to college at on Wednesday. Well, before I get into naming those names, you know, you are absolutely right. I mean, I can't remember 
a time where North Carolina had so many recruits deciding on signing day. And the thought was that the early signing period would kind of diminish the excitement for the the signing day. And at least for this year, and at least for North Carolina, not, not every school is dealing with this because I think a lot there were a lot of schools that are only looking at like one or two or three recruits and kind of just piling on them the last few weeks. But it's going to be interesting to see if this is you know a trend or um, or this is just a one year thing with how many guys. And so I'll just I'll just list them off. William Barnes from Apaca High School is a offensive lineman. His teammate Ed Montillas, they both will be deciding on signing day. Jamarcus Chapman from Rome, Georgia, he'll also be deciding on signing day. Anthony Grant from Buford, Georgia, he'll be deciding on signing day. Antoine Green from Rockledge, Florida, a wide receiver. He also will be signing on signing day. Dax Holyfield from Shelby, North Carolina, who we've talked about a bunch, and I'm sure we'll get on get into a little bit more later on this podcast. He's going to be deciding on signing day, hopefully. You never know with, with Dax. Gavin Lewis, a defensive lineman from uh, Madison, Alabama. He's going to be choosing between UNC and, L- and UCLA on signing day. Now, we've already reported that uh, Rick Sandage, yeah, he technically will have a UNC hat on the table. Well, re- we reported last week that UNC will not be the selection. So he's going to be picking either South Carolina or Georgia. My guess is South Carolina. That's not coming from any sort of source, uh, but I have um, several um, very, very reliable sources who have told me that uh, UNC is out. So we don't need to worry about him, but he will you know, list all, all of his, twi- his Twitter account, actually, is, is still listing North Carolina, and I fully expect for him to have a UNC hat, but he will not be lifting up and putting it on Sunday. Uh, he'll be putting on another hat. So what... Um, Based off of what's going on 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 signing day, and you're you're a big UNC fan, obviously. So what's what's kind of your mindset, kind of he- heading into this day, compared to the previous few signing days? Well, so the number one, I guess, thing that I'm looking forward to is Dax Holyfield with uh, where he will end up. Like you said, I mean, we think he's going to make a decision, but. I think that that's the one I'm looking forward to the most. And I feel that a lot of Carolina fans are in that same boat. You know, we've had a lot of information come out about Dax over the last, it's probably not even been seven days, where he took the unofficial visit to UNC. Then he had his in-home. He was supposed to go up to Virginia Tech. That did not happen. And there's just been a lot of back and forth. I was reading some chatter that, Apparently, you know, Clemson has somehow jumped into this mix. I mean, I think it's completely up in the air right now with Dax, but he is the one that I will be looking forward to the most. So let's just start with that one, since I think that's also been the most popular discussion on the InsideCarolina.com tar pit message boards. Do you have any idea about where Dax might be leaning to at this point, Don? Well, He's one of those recruits where if someone says, okay, if you're a betting man, where would you put your money? And my response has been, because I've been asked that question more than a few times the past few weeks, my response has been, I would keep my money in my pocket just because now I feel like he's going to pick North Carolina, but I don't say that with any level of certainty whatsoever because you just never know. And I've been told that Clemson isn't a threat, but then you know, he's always wanted, he's grew up wanting to play for Clemson. But the thing that Clemson has working against it is his parents have a strong feelings against Clemson. And also he didn't take an official visit there. 
Um, and, and Clemson really hasn't been involved and, and dedicated the time. I don't think he has the, well, I know that he doesn't have the relationships at Clemson that he has at North Carolina and Virginia Tech. Uh, I think North Carolina, particularly the last few weeks, everything has gone their way and they've been, they've been playing their hand beautifully, you know, with offering his brother. We talked about the fact that, um, you know, his, his girlfriend was accepted to North Carolina. Those two things led to him taking that unofficial visit that North Carolina was pushing for. And up until probably the day before, um, completely felt like he was not going to make it because not that he has anything against North Carolina. He's just burnt out. He's made tons and tons and tons and tons of visits. I don't know if there's any kid who has made more visits in this recruiting class than Dax Holyfield, including a ton to North Carolina. So, so he comes back and not only does he come back, I, th- I thought the coaches, the way that they played that trip was so, um, so smart. You know, they, 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 you know, he came on campus, they spent a little bit of time with him, and then they just kind of let him go. And then he actually turned into the tour guide for his his girlfriend, which, you know, being able to kind of, um, I guess, explain different buildings and, you know, different stories that I'm sure that he's heard through his countless visits on campus to his girlfriend. I, I think that right there is something that the North Carolina staff was able to kind of provide him without actually doing anything. And I think that that's the only thing that he's not been able to do when he's visited campus. So that that was positive. Then he has his in-home visit with Virginia Tech with uh, head coach Justin Fuente. And one of, I guess, the goals of Virginia Tech with that in-home visit was to get Dax to make one last visit to Blacksburg this past weekend, which obviously was the weekend after that visit, which would actually occur after his in-home visit with UNC. There's been this kind of tit-for-tat thing going on with UNC and Virginia Tech this you know all month of of January really and North Carolina thought well North Carolina thought it had the upper hand with having the last in-home visit which there were some promises going on with Dax's parents and UNC that kind of came to fruition and then Virginia Tech nearly pulled out the the campus visit but what ended up happening is his parents story is is that the visit didn't take place because of the weather so luckily for North Carolina the last coaching staff that he physically saw with his own eyes was North Carolina's coaches with the in-home visit this past Saturday with Coach Fedora and just about the entire UNC coaching staff. And I, I can't go into a whole lot of detail, but from what I heard, it was um, it was pretty pretty involved as far as what the coaching staff did and the activities. But the thing is, is coming out of the weekend – Nobody knows for sure what Dax is going to do. So these next couple of days are going to be important as far as, you know, you're talking to his, his family members and that sort of stuff. For for basically all that we know about what happened with that in-home visit, it's a very crucial in-home visit. I urge everybody to look at the uh, the scoop that we posted on Sunday morning after talking to multiple sources, both close to Dax and close to UNC and kind of getting different perspectives and, and kind of putting it together. And you can kind of make your own judgment on where you think Dax is going to end up. But as it stands right now, I mean, it, it would not surprise me to, to see him pick Virginia Tech. You know, Stanford would surprise me a little bit. But knowing Dax, I guess I could probably see it a little bit. But uh, if you're saying, okay, you, ha- you had to pick one, I'd pick North Carolina. Uh, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to switch seats with you real quick, John. Uh-huh. And, 
based and I'm you read the report that I posted. You've read some of the other stuff I've been posting about DAX in the past few weeks. Based off of what you've read, where do you think DAX is going to sign on on Wednesday? Well, I think if you're reading the tea leaves, as they say, you would kind of be surprised if it was not North Carolina, just based upon where things are going. But I think that there's a big time caveat with Dax's recruitment where he is just not your normal kid. Like there's you know the always famous saying, watch what they do, not what they say. And if you're going off of that, then yeah, Carolina has a lot to be positive about because as you mentioned, you know, UNC coaches had the last end home. The last campus he visited was Carolina. The visit to Virginia Tech was canceled, whether, you know, the reasoning can be whatever, but the bottom line is that it was canceled. All that would tend to say, you know, hey, maybe he is going to pick UNC. But as you've said, this entire recruitment, Dax is just not a kid like a lot of others. I think he really is very enamored with all of his finalists. And Mm -hmm. so I think, you know, at the end of the day, it's going to be up in the air if you had to put you know money on it. In other you know, gun to your head, where is he going to pick? I would go with North Carolina as well, but I'm with you. I mean, there is no certainty in that. I wouldn't be surprised if he picked Virginia Tech, and frankly, I wouldn't be surprised if he picked Stanford or Clemson. Maybe that's just you know me buying into a little bit too much that Dax is so wide open, but I can just see him going to any of of his finalist in this one yeah the one thing I, I would like to add is that i went to his basketball game a few weeks ago and we've talked about this on the podcast and i talked to him afterwards and the one i've known dax for a very long time and he's always been very he's always candid with everybody but he, he's he's been very candid with me also and i thought there was one thing that kind of came out of our conversation that made a whole lot of sense and he said that for the longest time throughout his recruitment he was trying to feel something or see something that would be like a sign that say, okay, go to this school. And he has not experienced that at all. And it was extremely frustrating for him because he, he legitimately is torn. And, and anybody who says that they know where Dax is going is, is just either flat lying or, or delusional, to be completely honest. I've yeah. talked to his parents. I've talked to his brother. I even had a similar conversation with his brother. And I said, you know, what do you kind of make of all this? And he said, you know, to be honest, you know, his his feelings change every single day, if not every single hour. I have no idea where he's going. And, you know, any I've seen people who say they know he's going here or there. And he's like, I don't know how these people know this when I live with him and I have no idea. And I'm around him all the time and I have no idea. But all these other people seem to know, you know, and the same thing. I, I've known his, his coach a very, very long time. And he said the same thing that he's completely torn, doesn't know. You know, we were actually talking about, this is back where there's some rumors about Virginia Tech being eliminated. And he said, I could tell you this, Virginia Tech is not eliminated. Virginia Tech is very much in this. He might not choose Virginia Tech, but Virginia Tech is in it. His dad said the same thing. You know, the only thing I got from the from the parents is that, you know, they, they just, they personally weren't all that into Clemson just because of how Clemson recruited him, particularly by, you know, not recruiting him for, for the majority of his recruitment and then kind of trying to kind of get in there at the last second and, and prying on his, you know, childhood favorite sort of thing and everything like that. But yeah, so I mean, really, it's going to probably be the most interesting signing day announcement. And 
uh, I'll tell you this, I, you know, I'm not going to be there. I'm going to be another announcement um, or a, another couple announcements further away. But I, I wish that I could be there. And, and if probably if my other my my travel arrangements weren't already set and they weren't as hard to get out of, I probably would have tried to wiggle my way into going to, to Shelby because I'm, I'm really curious about what, what school he's going to pick. Yeah, I think that's going to be the one that most Carolina fans do have their eyes on. But let's go ahead and take a quick commercial break, Don. And when we come back, we'll talk about the other prospects that are, are making their decisions on Wednesday. So stay tuned. We'll be back after this. And welcome back to the Inside Carolina podcast. John Siegler here with Don Callahan. And Don, let's go ahead and wrap up our discussion on the 2018 UNC signing day. And we spent the first half of the podcast talking about Dax Holyfield, the linebacker out of Shelby, North Carolina. And you gave the full list of prospects that are going to be deciding on Wednesday. So let's go ahead and talk about some of those other guys. And um, I'm actually just going to leave it open to you. Who do you feel like talking about? Well, first, I want to just let everybody who's listening know that we're going to have lights out coverage of signing day from the time letters start coming in to the announcements. We're going to have reporters all over the place at these announcements providing play-by-play updates on, on what's going on, what they're hearing and everything. We're also going to have a full preview. I believe we're posting it the day before on signing day eve, and uh, that's going to have a breakdown of you know, who's, sign, who's signing when or deciding when, uh, what time, all that sort of stuff, what sort of coverage we're going to provide, and also some, I guess, signing day eve sort of tidbits that we're hearing, any sort of leanings that, that we're discovering. So I, I urge everybody to, to definitely be on Inside Carolina on signing day eve and signing day because you're going you're gonna to get your money's worth on, in just those two days alone. But yeah, let's how about, how about we just play a little game here? I like to play games. Um, <laughs> And uh, let me just name a couple of, uh, or actually all of the main guys that we're focused on, and we'll go through their finalists, and then let, let's get a guess from John. Put John on the spot and see how many of these he can actually get right. What do you think? All right. That sounds good to me, man. Let's do it. All right. Let's just go in alphabetical order. We'll start with four-star offensive tackle, William Barnes from Apaka. I think the most interesting thing with him is just which hats are going to be on the table, because he only took official visits to North Carolina and old miss but you know at different times he he well he had an official visit scheduled with auburn that can't got canceled an official visit with nearby florida which he's visited a bunch of times that got canceled and there were some other schools that were in the mix a little bit but kind of just dropped off towards the end so and we're just going to combine william barnes and edmond tillis because i think it's pretty obvious that that this is definitely a package deal that's going to come to fruition they both only took official visits to north carolina old miss they both had official visits scheduled with Auburn and canceled them. They both had official visits scheduled with Florida and canceled them. So for those two, where do you think they end up? Well, I think both are going to commit to UNC. And that's based off of the fact that, like you said, they've been canceling visits. I think the news coming out of their joint visit to UNC was very, very positive. I think that both of these guys really liked the coaching staff. and. You know, some of the bigger names that would have been, I think, in the mix for them, Florida and Florida State, it doesn't, you know, it's like you said, I mean, there may be hats on the table, but you're not really seeing any sort of like national buzz for those two programs. And so I think that that's pretty telling in and of itself that, you know, if no one's talking about those programs as being legitimate landing spots, 
I'm kind of reading between the lines a little bit, but I think that both of those guys are going to end up at, at Carolina. Okay. All right. So let's go to the next guy, Jamarcus Chapman, three-star defensive tackle from Rome, Georgia. He actually was committed to Tennessee for a while, then decommitted with the coaching change there. And Tennessee's completely out of the picture. He went on to take, or following the dead period, he went on to take official visits to Florida State, North Carolina, Virginia Tech, and Miami. He's mentioned here they're slight leaders. At one point, North Carolina is a slight leader. I think I saw something that, that he mentioned Florida State is a slight leader, but never really anything concrete, solid that you can kind of hold on to. So he's kind of a mystery, maybe not so much as much as Dax, but but he's still kind of a mystery. So give us your project, projection on uh, Jamarcus Chapman. So I think Chapman is going to not end up at Carolina. So I think that Chapman will end up at probably either Miami or Florida State. I'm not really too sure on that, to be completely honest. But I just think that his is one of those where at the end of the day, he is not going to select the Tar Heels. I know there was some really good vibes around Chapman after he uh, had his visit to Chapel Hill. But I've heard very little on him since then. So I don't think that this one will break Carolina's way. You know, could always be surprised. But as things stand right now, I do not see Carolina uh, being the ultimate selection for Chapman. All right, well, let's stay in Georgia, and we'll go to another Tennessee commit, Anthony Grant, even though he's stuck with his Tennessee commitment and still sticks with his Tennessee commitment as of as of Monday. He went on to take official visits, and this, all of it, well, actually, I'm sorry, his Virginia Tech official visit was right before the dead period, and then he took official visits to North Carolina, Florida State, and Tennessee. The weekend... Before his Florida State official visit, he actually returned to uh, North Carolina unofficially. This is the same weekend that Dax Holyfield unofficially visited North Carolina for for the NC State basketball game. Like I said, he's still committed to Tennessee. I don't think that matters as much. Um, I think it's just a you know formality, really. So what's your projection on Anthony Grant? I think that Grant is actually going to end up at Virginia Tech. Uh, I think that's another one where if you'd asked maybe two weeks ago, I would have said Carolina, but since then, I think that the Hokies have made a lot of headway in his recruitment. Uh, he seems pretty enamored with them. So if if I had to pick for Grant today, I would go with Virginia Tech. I think Carolina might end up coming in second in this one, but you know, as things stand right now, I have him going elsewhere than Chapel Hill for his college destination. All right, so let's go to Florida, Rockledge, Florida with four-star wide receiver Antoine Green. He actually was committed to Florida State for a while, um, but because of their coaching change, he decommitted. But he did officially visit Florida State just before the dead period. He originally had official visits scheduled with Old Miss, Tennessee, and North Carolina, and Georgia in during the months, oh, I'm sorry, during the weeks following uh, the dead period. But he ended up canceling his trip to Old Miss, and that was he was another one who actually uh, showed up at that basketball game, the same basketball game as Anthony Grant and uh, Dax Holyfield. And then he also canceled the official visit to Tennessee this past weekend, which I don't think Tennessee was much of a of a factor, regardless. So the only schools he ended up officially visiting was North Carolina, Florida State, and Georgia. So, John, where is Antoine Green going to sign on Wednesday? 
So Antoine Green is one of the ones I think the Tar Heels are going to get. I think this might be a pretty poorly kept secret at this point. Green has had nothing but positive things to say about the Tar Heels. I think his in-home visit was extremely well received by him and his family. I know that that was one that um, Brewer and the coaching staff kind of went all out on. So I think that the news has been really good about Green for some time now. And I would be not shocked, but very surprised if Carolina did not receive his commitment on Wednesday. All right, so we're going to skip over Dax Holyfield because, like I said, I'm just going in alphabetical order here. And yeah, we're going we to talked about to... him in the, in the first half. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I think we talked about him at, at nauseum. We're going to go into Alabama for Gavin Lewis, a defensive tackle, three-star defensive tackle from Madison, Alabama. He ended up only taking official visits to North Carolina and UCLA. Old Miss was in there for a little bit, but he never ended up taking that official visit, and he came out and said that he's going to decide between UNC and UCLA on signing day. Obviously, you can kind of flip a coin to figure this out, but we have John. So, John, <laughs> where is Kevin Lewis going to go? Well, I'm going to say that Lewis is going to pick the Tar Heels. I don't say that with a whole lot of confidence. That's just me kind of thinking that, hey, Carolina's got at least a 50-50 shot in this one. So, you know, recruitments like this have to break Carolina's way at some point. So. I'm going to go that uh, Gavin Lewis does end up selecting UNC on signing day. All right. So this guy we kind of talked about a little bit, not as much as Dax, but but we talked about a little bit. I, I gave what I reported a couple of weeks ago on him. But I, I want to get your take to see where, where you think he's going to go. We don't have to go too deep with this. But Rick Sandage, four-star defensive tackle from Concord, North Carolina. He took official visits to Georgia, North Carolina, and South Carolina. He says all three are still in the picture. I reported otherwise. But, John, where is Rick going to go? So I think that Sandage is going to end up going to South Carolina. I think that this was one of the recruitments where UNC has done as good a job as they could have. I think you know he was basically all but ready to commit to the Gamecocks maybe about a month ago. And then he took his official visit to UNC. And I think UNC really made him think about that decision. But I think this was one where Carolina, at best, had drawn even with the favorites. I think that Sandage is going to end up going with the perceived favorites at this time. And that would be the South Carolina Gamecocks. So based off of your projections, you are uh, predicting William Barnes, Antoine Green, Dax Holyfield, Gavin Lewis, and Edmond Tillis to add to this class. And if I put it into 24-7 sports handy-dandy class calculator, that actually increases North Carolina's team score to 235.17, which is, I think that's about a 30-point rise. And actually puts North Carolina pretty pretty high up in the, the team rankings. Um, you go see where that would put them based. And obviously this is, this is subject to change based off of what the other schools add to their classes. And that would basically put North Carolina in the 18 ish range, moving all the way up from the 35 right now. So how would you feel, John, about a class that's 18, 19, 20 ish for North Carolina? Well, I think that that would be a tremendous success. The Tar Heel staff made a very good start to this class with the signing day back in December, but I don't think that the class really had a whole lot of, you know, star power. 
it was a very deep class. There are a lot of good players, but you didn't really have those, you know, names that are really going to stick out. So I think that the staff did a great job, though, of since the December signing day, identifying those top end prospects and really being able to prioritize them, devote a whole lot of time to them. And obviously, if they are able to finish with, even if it doesn't end up being, you know, the number 18 class, if it's a top 20 class, so if they end up around, you know, 20 or even 22, 23, that would just be a amazing way to end the recruiting cycle, no matter how you look at it, especially given how the actual season went for the Tar Heels. I mean, you're talking about a team that, you know, was fighting just to stay relevant for the last couple of weeks all of a sudden being able to land such a high class, I think that that would show that, you know, there's a lot to be excited about in Chapel Hill. And I think you would really see a lot of the fans who may have been a little bit upset with how things were going in the program. This would give some excitement around the Tar Heel program, which it badly needs right now. No, I, I agree 100%. I just want to add a couple of other things in here. If the class bears out how John is predicting, and I'll just tell you that um, my projections and John's are not too far off. They're pretty They're pretty close. If not... Well, that makes me exactly. feel better. <laughs> if that's the case, then this will be the best class that Fedora has ever signed according to 24-7 Sports composite ranking. And it actually... During the um, internet years, which is essentially from 2002 to now, um, it will be North Carolina's third best class it has signed during that time frame. The only two that are better are Butch Davis's 2009 class and Butch Davis's 2007 classes. So you're looking at at, at a you know a pretty good class, and for all the for all the hand wringing during the season and the complaining and wanting to fire this guy and that guy and all this other stuff. It proves that you, you just have to have some patience. That's the one thing I wish that we had in college football is just a little bit of patience to let things kind of bear out and understand that stuff happens, you know, during a season and you have a lot of injuries and, you know, you're replacing all of your offensive weapons and, and all of that. And you have, you know, unprecedented injuries. It's, you know, you got to give some people a little bit of a, of a break and let things kind of bear out. And I think a lot of people were unhappy with how the early signing period was because they're just... Now, I don't think anybody was unhappy with the actual class. They just were expecting some sort of fireworks that didn't happen. Obviously, North Carolina waited to, well, I guess we'll, we, won't, we won't know for sure until sign day, but it's looking like North Carolina will have some fireworks go off on, on sign day. Yeah, I mean, and, you know, frankly, even if the December signing day might have been a little bit, I don't want to say lackluster, but there just wasn't a whole lot of surprise around it. I would take a finish like the ones that I am predicting 10 times out of 10. So let's hope that it can happen. And we'll talk a little bit more uh, later on in this week or maybe over the weekend, you know, once the class is finalized and we can talk about like the addition of Tommy Thigpen to the staff. You know, if that kind of maybe helped at all, you know, we can get into that topic, Don, because I'm sure there will be a lot of people on the message board discussing well, I do have that. A, I uh-huh. think I have a homework assignment if uh, if we want to throw one out there real quick. Yeah, sure. Let's think? go ahead. All right. So instead of doing the position rankings, because I think we kind of ran that, or at least for this class, ran it down because uh, we can't really rank two quarterbacks or 
three wide receivers. I guess we could rank three wide receivers. Yeah. But anyway. I, I will go ahead and tell you that, surprise, surprise, but uh, Jordan Adams would be my number one on any ranking of a wide receiver class for the Tar Heels. I agree 100%, but I think that when you watch the film of Antoine Green and Deami Brown, you're going to look at it and be like, man, those guys are good too. You they know? are really good, but I think that yes. they play such different positions though yeah. that – you know, it's kind of one of those things where you could almost put either of those two in any sort of position, but this class, Carolina has a true bona fide potential superstar already committed in Jordan Adams. So, you know, if there's one thing that Tar Heel fans can take away, even if the class does not end up being as good as what I'm projecting, and even if people are a little bit upset on signing day, when you look at the fact that they have Jordan Adams committed to come to Chapel Hill and play college ball, it's hard to be too upset because I think in the Larry Fedora offense, man, I'm very excited to see what Jordan can do. But yeah, Don, so uh, <laughs> I say got off on a tangent there, but hey, what was fine. your homework that's assignment? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's fine. It happens. My homework assignment is why don't we, we're not going to rank all the entire class, but let's rank the top five so you pick the five recruits or signees so this is going to have to be done after signing day okay um, the top five signees you feel like are going to make the i guess the earliest or have the best chance to make an immediate impact so uh, for example i don't know for me personally and others can have a different opinion if William Barnes signs with North Carolina i probably wouldn't have him on my top five just because he's an offensive lineman an offensive lineman especially one who comes from a wing T offense. They don't normally make instant impacts, but he might end up being the best player in this class, but best player is not going to show up in the 2018 season. So anyway, so, so keep that in mind. And we're talking about just ranking guys based off of their immediate impact. You choose the five that you feel and rank them in order based off of, I guess the probability of those guys um, making an impact during the 2018 season. What do you think? All right. That sounds good. So yeah. So just to be clear, so the criteria will be which five players do we think will have the biggest impact on the 2018, 2019 season for yes. UNC. Correct. Yes. yes All yes. right. Yeah. I like it. And, and it. if you think, and if you think only four will play, let's just, I'm just hypothetically throwing that out there. Only four will play during the 2018 season. Then just kind of the fifth guy, just, Throwing a guy that you feel like is has the best chance of potentially kind of just getting in or maybe playing, you know, during you know the 2019 season. You, you know what I mean? Just basically, we're, we're we're just going just starting from the earliest part. Maybe later on in the year, or maybe next week, or the following week, or whatever, we can go into who will ultimately have the best career. Maybe we could do a ranking like that. Okay, that sounds right. good. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's always a fun topic, even though. The odds say we will almost assuredly be wrong, <laughs> but yeah, I'm certainly down to do it. Yeah. And make sure you send your submissions to either my Twitter account at Don Callahan IC or PM me on Inside Carolina's message board, which I believe is D Callahan and send them as soon as sign day ends, because that's probably when you're going to be the most excited about it. All right. Well, that works then, Don. So we will go ahead and end this one. Everyone, as Don mentioned, please stay tuned to Inside Carolina for all of your National Signing Day coverage. We will try to do a recap pod. I don't know exactly when we'll get that out, but uh, we will get it together as soon as we can. And from everyone here at Inside Carolina, thank you guys, and we'll talk with everyone again soon. 
Thanks for listening to InsideCarolina.com, the independent voice of UNC sports. Your home for Tar Heel football, basketball, and recruiting.